Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Plus, if you are a grandparent, you know what a special treat it is to share a lively, adventure-packed book with your grandchildren, especially one that both entertains and educates them at the same time. So today's show is going to be a lot of fun. Our guest, Crispin Boyer, has written more than 20 books for National Geographic Kids, and he's covered a ton of topics that young readers find interesting. In fact, he's written nonfiction books that have run the gamut from bugs to sharks and from ninjas to knights in shining armor. But Crispin's joining us today to share all about his fifth book in his beloved fictional series, Zeus the Mighty. This one's called Zeus the Mighty, The Voyage on the Odyssey, and this latest adventure is about braving the dark and mystifying world of an underwater realm. It's a page turner. <laughs> I can't wait to get going. Hi, Crispin. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me back on. It's always a pleasure. Well, it is always a pleasure for me, too. In fact, I've interviewed you for three of your previous Zeus books, not quite all of them because we're at number five now, but they're always filled with bravery and spine-tingling adventures, so they're really fun to share with our grandchildren. But this this next one is, is a little bit different because it's uh, under-the-water-focused. Yeah, I wanted to have... So in the, the series is about these animals who believe that they are really Greek gods, and they're led by Zeus, a hamster, and his rival is Poseidon, a pufferfish. And, of course, they live in two different parts of the pet rescue center where the story is based. Zeus lives high up on the tallest shelf in the pet rescue center, Mount Olympus, and Poseidon lives in the aquarium section. And they're kind of <laughs> rivals. Uh, they, you know, Zeus thinks he, he's ruler of everything, and you know, Poseidon says not the seas, that's my territory. But in this one, I wanted to get... Zeus, uh, in, I wanted to get him down under and see the, the, the other side of the pet rescue center. I wanted to get him underwater. <laughs> and so I figured a good myth to base this one on is Homer's Odyssey, which is, is basically a giant high seas adventure with shipwrecks and sea monsters and everything. And uh, like every other book in the series, it's based on, I pick a different myth for each book. So uh, I thought I had my perfect myth for this, and it made for some challenges for writing, like how do you get a hamster to travel underwater? But uh, I think I, I think readers will enjoy kind of the, the way that Zeus does it. Yeah, I bet because <laughs> most of your uh, gods and goddesses are uh, air breathing, so yeah, that would cause a little <laughs> bit of a. You did have a little extra, uh, I guess, writer's angst getting things pulled together that way. Yeah, you know, the, the series itself, it, it a lot of times kind of bends a lot of the physics, but we're talking about little uh, animals that can talk to each other and believe they're good gods. So I think it's forgivable. <laughs> I think I get some creative license. Absolutely. And speaking of the Greek references, not only are they at the Mount Olympus Pet Center, located at the Mount Olympus Pet Center, but it's also high on a hill in Athens, Georgia. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Athens. Uh, it, you know, it's just how to fit in as much kind of Greek references as possible. And it's run by a, a woman named Artemis or Artie, who in mythology is a caretaker of animals. And in, the, in my story, she runs this pet rescue center. But she happens to be a, a huge fan of Greek mythology. And while she's working at the pet center during the day, she'll read books about it out loud to the animals. She'll listen to podcasts about it. And that's how the animals kind of get their 
their marching orders for the they go out in their adventures at night when Artie closes up the pet rescue center and generally by the time she comes back the next morning the pet shop has been demolished because <laughs> the animals have gone on some crazy adventure and made a big mess and uh, you know, she's starting to get suspicious now. It's book five, and <laughs> she knows the animals are up to something. So I would think so. I would hope so. Well, speaking <laughs> of book five and the animals being up to something, tell us a little bit about this rendition, about the voyage on the Odyssey. Well, yeah, so I wanted to take Zeus on an epic adventure. So he sets sail on the, the ocean uh, and his small ship uh, that, he, that he made out of a Frisbee, and uh, he's <laughs> Ares Dog Bowl, and he goes on an adventure, and then, of course, uh, true to the myth, uh, there's a storm that shipwrecks him, and he ends up going uh, and fighting a sea monster, and then meeting a new foe named Proteus, who in Greek mythology is a soothsayer or kind of a fortune teller, who can change his shape. And in my story, I got to figure out a way, like what kind of animal in a pet shop could change its shape. And I settled. I found out about these octopuses uh, called mimic mimic octopus that in nature can change its texture and its color to look like different animals. So that in my version of the story, it's a mimic octopus that can change its shape, and it really kind of messes with the Zeus. Uh, with the Olympians because it can turn into and make itself look like one of them and it, by the by the middle of the story they don't know who's who, they can't trust each other they don't know if it's the shape changer or if it's they're really their ally and friend and it was, you know, it's, that's always for me I always like that in, in any kind of media where there's a, uh, a doppelganger and you don't know who's the hero and who's the villain and I, I get to have some fun with that here I bet you do, Crispin. Uh, and the other thing you've made reference to a number of times, and of course the books are all about Greek mythology, and you yourself have to do a certain amount of research to write these books, right? Yeah, I mean, I've written a lot of nonfiction, and National Geographic wanted to get into fiction, but in, true to their mission statement, it still has to be based on fact and has to be educational. So, yeah, for each series, I'll do a lot of research about the myth, and then it's, it's vetted by an expert, a professor of Greek mythology, who will, she'll read my outline for the original story and help guide it and shape it and tell me, like, this monster didn't work or this location doesn't make sense or you're using the wrong term here, and then I'll write the story and I'll go through the editing process, and at the end, she'll read through it again and make sure that I've, you know, got, I've stayed within kind of the guardrails of the myth so readers can rest assured, or I guess the, 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 the older you know, parents or grandparents, aunts, uncles can rest assured that, that their young reader is reading something that's at least vetted and, and somewhat educational, but the, the young readers themselves hopefully won't really realize they're really learning anything, <laughs> so just have a fun adventure. Well, that's that's the best thing about your books. I mean, well, there's a lot of great things about them, Crispin, but it's you make a fun and highly be readable way to teach Greek mythology, but also to educate grandchildren. And also, there's a twist to your. I mean, as a as an adult, <laughs> I love reading them myself because it's always a funny twist to things. Like you'd mentioned the podcast that the the animals listen to, Greeking Out. I love that name. And of course, the host is the Oracle. And I'm just going to read uh, a little bit, or quote you here a little bit about from this book, an oracle on 
Greeking Out, proclaims that epic journeys are a common theme in Greek mythology. And so he's talking about the voyage of Odysseus, but Zeus, of course, gets mixed up and thinks his name is Old Dizius, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when you write, do you ever laugh out loud at some of the things you come up with, Crispin? Occasionally, and you know, I, my I, I work from home, and so does my wife, and she'll be working, and and I, I sometimes she'll look at me like I've lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that one especially. And the other thing, we've only got a minute or two left, and I do not want to leave out the fact that the books are beautifully illustrated, lots of fun, fun drugs by Andy Echo, M M Elkerton, and you've written, you yeah. all of these have done by Andy, right? Yeah, which is great. Is they got a nice, consistent style, and they really help kind of sell the story and bring the characters to life. And, uh, and, and in some ways, it's almost like you know maybe kids that are reluctant readers, it's like they're getting a graphic novel, and they can kind of breathe through it pretty quickly and look at the pictures too. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it adds so much. Now, do you get to work fairly closely together, or do, have you even met? I mean, sometimes these things are totally long distance. Yeah, well, he is actually based out of Scotland, so every every interaction has been through, you know, well, everyone's used to working remotely now anyway, so through Zoom or just phone conversations or email threads, uh, and we'll go through the whole process where he'll read the, Andy will read the manuscript and then say, look, I want to illustrate this and this and this and this, and this is what I'm going to do, and a little bit of back and forth, but he gets it so well, and sometimes... His illustrations are so good that I might even go back and tweak the text to match more what he, uh, what, what he envisioned in his mind. So it's a really a nice collaboration. Well, and it's a collaboration that as a total winner, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the millions of fans that you've got reading the Zeus the Mighty series are concerned. I could chat with you all day, but I know you've got to go. So, Christmas, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave about reluctant readers or books or Greek mythology or whatever? Oh, just, you know, if, if you have reluctant readers, it's good to let them kind of pick and choose what they want to read. They can say for this instance, this series, go to ZeusTheMighty.com, and there's some games there they can play. They can listen to the podcast and then decide, oh, I want, to, I want to read more about these characters. I want to read the books. And the books themselves, you don't necessarily have to read in any particular order, so they can look, go to the bookstore and look at them and pick the one that has the most appealing cover and read it. And then, if, you know, if they really get into it, then go back and read the previous books. Uh, which hopefully they would do and be, be into these characters. So it's just uh, not necessarily, if you want young readers to read and they're reluctant, you want to let them have as much freedom as possible to kind of pick the media that they want to read. Because they're, they're smart. They're, they're going to they're gonna know what, what makes them happy and what piques their interest, and then they're going to want to keep following that story, that thread. Well, I gotta say, Crispin, if I were a reluctant reader, I would pick your books for sure. They are fun, lovely, colorful, and educating and entertaining. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your wonderful creative ideas with us. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Well, back at you, my friend. And for you listeners out there, especially you grannies and grampies, uh, <clears throat> make sure you check out Zeus the Mighty series, especially this latest, The Voyage on the Odyssey. Your grandchildren are going to love you for it because it is a lively, entertaining read that will help to open their eyes to the wonders of history and especially Greek mythology. And it's lots of fun. And so until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. And I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.